Call from mom. Answer it. Call silence. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm, I'm going to go on a date with a, with a hot-ass guy tonight because you know what? This whole time, Katie, you were a cover-up, baby. We your body cover-up, Katie, because I'm gay. So now he, when we first met him, he came out of jail, right? Wasn't that where he first? He uh, sure did. Yeah. But now it turns out just, just oh, a gay dude. Shout out, baby. Salt Lake County, let's go. Woo! We up out of here. <laughs> now he's just gay. Now the question. The, <laughs> Welcome to Dr. Drew After Dark. Please be advised that Dr. Drew After Dark may contain sexually oriented content and be unsuitable for young children. And welcome everybody, Dr. After Dark, 818-253-1693 for those voice messages, which we will be getting deep into today. And of course, uh, more emails at uh, drdrewafterdark at gmail.com. Don't forget the merch at store.ymhstudios.com. And uh, thank you for all these. You, you're keeping me very challenged and uh, deep in great questions. And as we went over last time, you can go find all the information you want. You still need to contextualize it and have somebody who's had experience with these things sort of confirm what you're reading and help put it in the context of the specific question you have. Um, we got some interesting uh, sort of body questions, people whose bodies are screwing up, both on voice message and uh, and email. And as I promised, we're going to get into this porn star. Her title is Porn Star Suffering from Love Addiction. So this should be very, very interesting. And of course, we've got uh, some clips to get to as well that are very special today. Booth Boys, everybody good? Hell yeah, oh, dude. Yeah. Good. What's yeah, up? What's up? Man. What's up? What's up? Do you hear Zolo in the background too? Look yeah, at that. I'm in here. Look at that, man. Okay, let's uh let's go to a voice message about weird body. Let's start with that. What we got? What's up, Dr. Glue, Booth Boys, uh Brady from Kentucky. Quick question. Um so whenever I'm sleeping, I don't sleep very much, I'm pretty active. Uh I wake up in the middle of the night and um find that my both of my hands are numb my fingers are numb it almost brings up a burning sensation it's been happening for the past two months um i have type 1 diabetes Ooh. in my family oh. so i don't have it yet that i know of but i looked it up on google and they said it could be a possible condition uh help me out with it appreciate it all right P play the opening sentence again for me i just want to ask a question about a word he uses ready sub dr glue booth boys uh brady from kentucky quick question um so whenever I'm sleeping, whenever sleep I'm sleeping, much, whenever I'm sleeping, uh huh. What is your thing with with this? Whenever did I did I bring this up before? Yeah, it drives did, me you crazy. You, you bothers but, you that people say whenever instead of when? But yes, why? because it's when covers it. And when when did when become whenever? It's just so odd, so weird to me that we all goes weird um, thing to get hung up wh on. Whenever I was going to the grocery store, I, whenever whenever is not when. It, it's it's something but, new, I'm telling you, and it, it? it captures my ear every time. Isn't that how isn't language it the works? Same, though? It's a synonym. It just kind of evolves. Whenever is a synonym. Whenever, to 
when let's let's break it apart. When is deterministic. When I sleep. When when in that moment in time. Correct. Whenever could be whenever anytime. Well, okay. Anytime but, I right. sleep, which is different than when I sleep. Anytime I sleep could be f- as long as I slept my entire life. Anytime I've ever slept. Whenever I've slept. It should be whenever I had slept or whenever I have slept. Uh, instead, it's whenever I sleep. It doesn't. The, the grammar is not even right. But language I'm, evolves. Wait, I'm confused. So you're saying that when, if I said when I sleep, that is that is indicating that that, that, that determines when you are sleeping, something yes. happens. Right. Whenever it's it's when it should be whenever I had or whenever I have. But whenever whenever is is like a more than per it's the it's in french they call it the plus que parfait it's it's the more than perfect the tense. what phase forget more it than. no because 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 whenever is saying uh uh it's it's like you kind of replace when with if right it's like if ever i am asleep if ever you know so like i like anytime i sleep anytime well it's not anytime though that's the point because it's not always been the case it's when i sleep now my hands go to sleep did you double major in medicine and English? Grammar. <laughs> I, I guess I, I had a lot of grammar training and I had a lot of language training. And so these things like strike my ear when they, when they I don't know, it's weird. So anyway, I, I, hmm. I'll, I'll stop being an asshole. This sounds right. like it, a what you say, nothing burger. This is a nothing burger. I, I agree. But I've heard some, I hear people use whenever in, in more distorted circumstance and people who should know better, and that's when it really hits my ear. But anyway, well, yeah, so what did he ask? I've forgotten the question whenever already. Whenever this guy sleeps, his hands go numb okay. for the so, last two months so or here's so, the he deal. has diabetes. Typically, yes, you can get peripheral nerve problems from diabetes, but that usually starts in your feet. You get numbness in your feet, you get numbness in your hands. That can happen. That's not likely what this is. The fact that it happens when you sleep, if it is on one side versus the other, it's not. if it's not symmetrical, that is typically carpal tunnel syndrome, particularly if you wake up in the middle of the night and you do this. If you, if you shake your hand out to get it to wake up, that's sort of a sign that you have carpal tunnel. Unila- it's usually one side more than the other, obviously, because it's usually not bilateral. Unless you have certain vitamin deficiencies or thyroid problem, then you can get it in both hands. So the fact that you have endocrine disease, endocrine disease in your family would want me, if I were evaluating you, I would check your thyroid to make sure that that wasn't why you were getting this in both hands. If you sleep with your hands over your head like this, that is more likely sort of a compression thing in your shoulder, and it's kind of normal. And if the and if the numbness gets all the way into your arm and forearm, again, that's usually a, a, the blood supply is not quite right while you're sleeping with your hands over your head. I, I have a follow-up to this, yep. actually. Um, my hand, my right <clears throat> wrist... Uh, there was like a day, uh, I don't remember when it was, there was a day where I popped this wrist. Let me see if I can do it real quick. Uh-oh. No, don't do it. No, 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 don't do it. Are you? Oh, my goodness. Too late. He did That's it. That's odd. Too late. It's so, weird. So, he, cr- he cracks like everything. Like okay. Yeah. But you look like you really hyperextended that. So, okay. Maybe. Um, or hyperflexed. But uh, since that day, like I was a pop. That yeah. was, I was like, oh, God, I got to do that again. Oh, it felt good. Okay. But since then now, it's like any time I could just... Yeah, that's kind of the way popping goes. Once so, it starts, it keeps going. Now you might it's like have ruffles. there's possibly a tendon slip there. You can get tendons that move around and they just they keep kind of slipping across each other. It's hard to know. Hmm. Hard to know. But it yes, once things pop, they tend to keep popping. That's once why. you pop, you can't stop. There you go. That's what I'm talking that's about. That's it, Pringles. That's it. <laughs> it was Pringles. That's that was yeah. Here's a, like another you can't just have one. That's ruffles. another weird body question. I have a question about cannabinoid hyperemesis syndrome. I'm twenty three, smoke a lot of weed. One night I became severely nauseated, went to the hospital, diagnosed with cannabis hyperemesis, cannabinoid hyperemesis. 
Most doctors and nurses I spoke with had either never heard of it or knew very little about it. I was wondering what you knew about this condition, if you could explain. Uh, thank you. Touch my sauce, hot sauce through the fence. That's a nice twist. Kelby. Um, yeah, so we don't actually know what causes cannabinoid hyperemesis. It definitely occurs. It's exceedingly common. You smoke enough pot long enough, you will get it. It just happens all the what time. What is it, cannabinoid what? Hyperemesis syndrome. You just get a lot of vomiting. If you smoke a lot of weed and you're vomiting, it is from the weed. That's I promise. So crazy. I feel I like I've never like I've heard of one person that's had it. My daughter had it. Right, right. That's the person I've yeah. heard that had it. Okay. <laughs> well, I've seen lots of people with it. Lots of people. My, right. my woman that cuts my hair had dated a guy who had it. I just it's very common. When you start you start asking people, you'll see how common it is. Um, some people get relief by taking a hot shower. I think I've talked about that before here. Uh, but the really only way to stop it is stop the weed. That's it. It's just unfortunate. It's you, it's a sign that you're in trouble, that you need to really pay attention to this. Give me another VO, VM. Hi, Dr. Drew. This is Jeff out of Texas. Uh, just want to say thank you for you know hosting this opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, let's just dive right into it. I've got uh, a bloody asshole issue. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been happening for about a, a month and a half. Two months, you know, I can't really keep track of it all that well, but essentially, you know, I'm, I'm eating healthy, I'm exercising, I do uh, take frequent steam showers every morning, but I can't get over this bloody asshole. Um, I don't sit on the toilet too long. I looked into it a little bit, but not enough to, you know, really figure this out. But, um, yeah, you know, I eat healthy. I, I, I drink smoothies with fucking kale in it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's I don't think it's a diet thing. I'm, I'm a young, you know, 25-year-old uh, young professional that just needs to get his asshole under wraps. Um, anything Dude, else? no, Thanks, enough. Drew. Enough. You're welcome. Thank you for hosting this opportunity as he's <laughs> so to talk about my bloody asshole. Um I, I, dude, you said you're a 25 year old young professional. Why don't you see a physician, for God's sakes? So, here, there's a million things to worry about here. I mean, this could be colon cancer, for Christ's sake. In your age group, it's usually a internal hemorrhoid, but it can be a polyp. It can be colon cancer. It can be with something called arterial venous malformation. It can be colitis, either ulcerative colitis or Crohn's. It can be a lot of stuff. And the only way we find out is we go up, we look, and we biopsy the tissue. We find out what it is, unless they see the internal hemorrhoids, and then it's really pretty easy. But the bigger problem is you're going to get severely iron deficient and severely anemic with two months of of blood loss like that. So immediately get on iron uh, and immediately take a stool softener with that because that will make the bleeding worse if you don't pay attention to that. But, dude, go see a gastroenterologist or now, like right now. Uh, you know, we've seen a marked increase recently in colon cancer in 20-year-olds. No one knows really why, but that has been a problem lately. So do not pass go. Do not wait. <laughs> go see a physician. It, it, even if you don't have insurance, it's not going to cost a lot of money. It's not going to be a big deal. Hopefully it won't be cancer because that would cost a lot of money. Uh, let me see. Um, here's somebody with some neurological symptoms. Uh, I need to know if I'm totally talked. Uh I've noticed that I can watch a movie, podcast, read a book, and then a few months later have no idea what it's about, but I know that I liked it or didn't like it. I could rewatch it like I've never seen it before and just as surprised at the plot. It's embarrassing. Do I need my brain checked? Thanks for reading this. I hope uh, I don't hear this on the podcast. Um, Kaylee. Yeah, Kaylee, I would check. I would see a neurologist. That is not normal for a young person. I assume she's not 75 years old. No, it's normal for an 80-year-old, but it's not normal for a 20-something. 
it it can be normal. It doesn't mean you necessarily have pathology. Normal for like a thirty something. Oh, you have that. We well, smoke so much weed. Yeah, but I mean, I feel like that's not like I, I usually re- like once I start watching it, I it jogs the memory. Like, oh right, that's this one. Right. But it's like anything from three months ago. Like especially if it's a movie or a TV show, yeah. it's just like, oh yeah, I remember that I liked it. I can't tell you the real arc of. So stuff. it's it's an it, it it's a uh, example of a strange feature of memory is that very often we can remember the sort of the the impact, the feeling, the bodily-based experience. We can't remember the explicit thought or the explicit plot or have a screen memory of what it was. Um, some people have poor memories. That's just the way it is. Weed definitely affects memory for sure. Uh, Nadav is case one, and maybe Kaylee has this, you know, case two. I don't know. But if it's not, if you're not smoking a lot of weed and there's no reason for your brain not to be normal for your age group, I would see a neurologist just to be sure that's not something we should be doing there. That's all I'm saying. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, you know, we had a, well, give me another voice message. Hell yeah. Yeah. Hi, Loose Boys. Hi, Hi, Dr. Drew. Hi, Hitler. Um, my name is Shekinah, and I'm Sh- from Michigan. Shekinah? And I was wondering um, why sometimes I get, like, pimples on, like, the back of my head, sometimes on top of my head. And um, usually my problems will go away, but there's just this one that's not going away. And sometimes, like, I'll pop it and sometimes I can't. Mm. Uh, let me know how you are. Bye. Shekinah. So she sounds young. Uh, it's essentially, those things typically are, are you know, carbuncles or farunculosis, essentially zits on your scalp, essentially. But sometimes you get cysts, and cysts are just these fluid-filled subcutaneous growths that sometimes they don't burst, and sometimes you should get them taken out, particularly if they're uh, something called sebaceous cysts because they'll keep getting big. You know, the Dr. Pimple Popper, a lot of the stuff she's doing are giant sebaceous cysts. So, Whoa. Yeah, you know, they're pretty nasty when they get really going. So, And they can, leave, they can leave imprints and dents and things if you don't take and them out with their little... It's only when they're sebaceous, or is it like... like what? Are, like, Any cyst, I would have... you have something that is growing, like at what point should you start being worried? It's It just keeps getting bigger and it, bigger. It keeps getting bigger for sure, but... But usually, like I get them on the back of my neck, and and usually if they they're gone within two weeks. Now now they can persist. Sometimes they can become sort of scar. Like if you really messed with it, they'll turn hard and scar and sort of be a flat, persistent thing. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about something that feels like a cyst, rounded, feels like a normal zip, but isn't popping and is getting a little bigger. That's when you should have somebody look at it. We have a we have you know we're talking about you know what's wrong with my body, weird body functions, and. You know, immediately makes me think about Annie, of course. And uh, we oh, have a. Cool. Yeah, what do you mean? Is. You think his body runs perfect, right? No, I didn't. Oh, I didn't say. Nothing's we, wrong with You got to be careful with your language, oh, yeah. <laughs> We say he doesn't need any evaluation for it. We've said it's intriguing and exceptional. I don't know about perfect. I worry. You notice I've tried, I'm lately trying to get him to go a little more frequently. I'm worried about the colon contractile function. You do like that, huh? Um, maybe, maybe we should. Maybe you should set up some sort of like special device for bathroom him. Bathroom and uh, camera we, in the bathroom. I agree. Not about camera, but here we are. We're, I don't know, so something. I don't go or, here. If that's you wouldn't do that. Never, you would never do no, it. No, no, 
so yeah, a million okay. years. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. all right. So because I don't need to. Okay, I understand. No, he needs to. He just prefers not to. He wills himself not to. Both the exactly. tr- both true. Same, same thing. thing. Yeah. yeah, same thing. Yeah. Well, here's somebody that that <laughs> uh, that emailed us about uh, a gas station, and the title of this is gas, sta- "Gas Station Won't Let Any Shit." <laughs> what? Yeah. I'm writing to inform you of the egregious racist. discrimination. It's discriminatory. Wow. I think it's a racist bathroom. Unbelievable. Conoco Gas Station in Cedar City, Utah. This is against any, this is a uh, an affront. As you can tell, this bathroom is pristine, perfect for any. You wouldn't go in it. Would you go in a, a, a gas station bathroom? Would never. You? Never. And I wouldn't call this pristine. There's quite a smear on the bottom right wall. Okay, hold sure on. Is. Oh, you're showing it to me now. Uh... Please do not stand or hover over the toilet. I see that's what they're really referring to. Mm-hmm. That the, the, the hovering. Oh my God, look at the picture. Yeah, that dude's fucking dancing. He's twerking on it. But not, but I mean, me. this sign is clearly for mainlanders. You know, this is how Do not stand poop. or hover over the toilet. This is a female toilet, though, right? This is a woman's toilet. How female could you tell? Toilet. How could you tell? Because what women do a lot of hovering. Women hover. That's their thing. For but pee. I mean, for yeah, pee. So, so, standing do, on so the... do Chinese mainlanders. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yes, yeah. that's true. It is like more of a um, Can you thing. zero in on the picture of the, the no hovering uh, shot? Is there a way to do that? Because it's kind not, of extraordinary. Not currently. Okay. Um, let's see. Let me, let me continue to read this. It's perfect for any, but alas, Conoco specifically hates any since no other humans shit like this. Much love. Love the shit talk. Your show's the best, Gavin. But Gavin... Women pee like that, and so I think they're sort of going toward. And what's uh-uh. the other? What's the thing underneath? What does Wait, it say? Do, do you not? Do you not? Hold on, he's gonna. Oh, do not this. remove this from the toilet if there is a problem of the lid. It's such a weird, a weird toilet bathroom. Okay, now go up. Here we go. Ah, uh, oh, look at that. That really is. Wow, they really highlighted. Please. Yeah, please do not stand or hover over the toilet seat because shitty bathrooms like those, the seat will break. But not only that. Shitty bathrooms like that, people don't want to expose any parts of their body to all of that, sh- whatever's going on on that toilet seat, right? So, that's that is an attack on any. I'd have to say that, something. Uh, something tells me you are not aware uh-huh. of like the whole east side of the world does this. You know that, right? It's not me. They, like, they like, hover. They don't stand on the rim, do they? Mm-hmm. They do really? stand. On, yeah, they. It's like a squat. That's how they squat. They squat and shit. This is totally normal. Yeah. Really? And, and I, I imagine because, I, again, no one I, ever Now, wait a minute. Me. Wait a hold on. Hmm. I, I know that there's <laughs> a lot of um, sort of holes in the ground type toilets mm-hmm. of which you squat over. Right. But when, which the, is, when that's the only option they have, though, then just the top of the toilet becomes where the hole is. So that's, they're like, well, this is clearly where the feet go. Right. Why are we just having this conversation now? Did you guys just discover this? No. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I went to I, China like two, three years ago. I, I, and I, you saw people standing on the rim of the toilet? You see no, their... I saw those toilets where you're supposed to squat. Like, it's squat squatting toilets. You're supposed to squat over yeah. them. Yeah. Are there like two feet on either side? It's literally just a hole in the ground. Yeah, the hole in the ground. I understand where your feet go. I understand Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. No, but that's not a toilet bowl. They don't squat on. They don't stand on the rim of the toilet bowl. But for people that have only shit in that kind of toilet, when they see uh, like a, a, I don't want to say like a Western toilet. Yeah. Then they're like, well, the only way I know how to shit is squatting, and I don't know. Are you assuming that's true, or do we know that to be true? It's the sign. Wait a minute. The sign you just saw. It was evidence. I'll grant you that. Hold on. Have has. I don't know if he knows what you're talking about. The, that seat, you should probably pull it up because a yeah, picture of the because he doesn't just mean like the one that looks like a urinal that is on the wall. It's not like that. 
You, you'll, you'll see what, what he's talking well, about. Well, 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 let's see all his pictures. I got you. Hold on. Oh, my God. Look at all this. What like this one. one. Like that. Yeah, I mean it's oh. a it's on the ground, right? Yeah, that's a squat toilet. Yeah, I get it. And, and so it, and so when people have only shit in that, and then they see a normal toilet, they're like, "Well, there's only one way I know to shit." So they just turn that above ground toilet into that. Do we know that? Look at the far left squatting thing. Look, it's <laughs> so funny. What? Look at that one. This. Oh my oh, god, that's no, hysterical. The red, I think. No, whatever. Oh. In any event, mm. uh, that is. Oh my God! Look at that. That's in Korea. That blue one. Let's put that one. The blue one. No, no, no. That. Please do not step on the toilet seat. And that's mm -hmm. from Korea, right? Because mm -hmm. people were doing that. That's because the culture over there. They. So you literally have to get people to. You have to have a picture. We have to show people that picture, not that one. The blue one. That, that's extraordinary to me. Everyone's seeing this. They've seen it. Everyone's. They're seeing it. this. Like I, know, seeing I know. I right know. No, I know. Uh, but I. Uh, okay. So do we know perhaps that the, in Cedar City or wherever the fuck that is, do they have a large Asian immigrant population or something, you think? think. Cedar City, Utah. Very not, interesting. Not sure, but and, and I imagine, I mean. Very you know, interesting. I don't think there's any science to back this, but I imagine that because no one taught me that. No one showed me, hey, this is how you squat I understand. on the fucking toilet. I, I get it. I imagine I did it that way. Um. I mean, you know, nothing could prove this, but I imagine because Filipinos, I know Filipinos have all agreed that they do it like me. Okay, I'm Filipino, and I, I, I it's really in your feel, genes. I really feel like that. I ju just just the way I was meant to do it because it's could, never felt right the other wh way. I which feel like of, a fucking idiot doing it? Which of your parent is uh, Filipino? My your, dad. Your dad. Mm -hmm. Did he ever like instruct you to do that as a little kid or something? Maybe. I mean, it's. I mean, I don't, I don't think. It's too early because I mean that's what one like how when do people I don't know when you yeah it's, it's under shit. three I'd say yeah yeah I don't have memories that far back so maybe know. that is where you got it but but there's no way they taught me to do that no maybe I highly doubt it I well, then, I can't imagine my dad's big at my dad was a tank of a dude like a three hundred pounds of straight muscle there's oh. no way that motherfucker was sitting on he would break them immediately <laughs> yeah but but <laughs> may but maybe he'd seen so much of it you know growing up or something he just just didn't even think anything. I haven't had you do some of that. Well, I mean, here's the other thing, man. My dad left. <laughs> he didn't really raise me. So he, uh, you, he was gone by. Showed, more than likely, the person who showed me how to do everything. Your mom was my mom. Yeah, yeah. and she's white, white, white. So she definitely doesn't shit like that. <laughs> I really, I really, I don't think anyone taught me. I think that's just what felt natural for me. White, white, white. <laughs> she's white, white, white. white. <laughs> she's as white as white gets. <laughs> okay. Okay, well, fascinating. Uh, although we, when we first discovered your behavior, you associated it with fear of the drain. No, I think you associated it with fear of the drain what? because you were so confused on on why I did this, and so we were kind of figuring out like what it could have been. And you said something about the drain, and I'm like, oh, I do have like this thing where I don't like putting my hand in like holes that I can't see the other side of. And you're like, that's what it is. Well, and at very least, just assume that's... maybe that's true, and ve at very least, it's why you haven't been interested in changing your behavior maybe, well, maybe well, it no, isn't just, the source but maybe it's why you haven't adjusted into any other position no because because I, I don't i mean i don't you like don't the need other to position yeah you don't like it yeah okay you know and why what i'm curious about is why are you educating me about other countries gargoyling now if you've known this all this time what do you mean why why the why haven't we discussed this sooner i well i just realized as you were arguing with him yeah that that you couldn't have known because you were you were I, I forget what you were saying. We were talking about like, the picture you, on the yeah. 
Yeah, cause yeah, cause you were like, uh, I thought that this was gonna be a joke that like, oh, they don't want yeah. any to be in there, but you, yeah, you were serious. I'm like, yeah. wait, so maybe you don't know. I didn't. I thought know. you knew. No, well, I didn't. That's, know. Well, that's why I, I, I didn't. I still am trouble. I'm still. I thought it, you were cultured. I thought you've. Gone I thought I was too, Asian but cultures. I can always learn something. Trust me. Uh, but but the the only one that convinced me was that that dual picture one that says do it like this, not like this, because that means people are doing it like that. Right. They're gargling. Okay. Right. Well, I I stand. Um, this is, ladies and gentlemen, this is white supremacy on display. That's what this is. is. It? No, it's I don't think it so. Is, is it, I don't think this is it is at least it is at least Euro. <laughs> listen, listen. It is at least Eurocentrism. What do you mean? Why, how? Because I did not know that. It didn't occur to me. And how is that white supremacy? Because I, I, I didn't contemplate that that was another cultural thing. And and that's when you don't think about other cultures. That's putting your culture in a in a prominent position. Can we just call that ignorant? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't think well, that's, that's the same oh, as white supremacy. Oh, yes, you can. But I don't think that's white supremacy. <laughs> I, I, I understand. I mean, I you think know what I'm saying? I, I think you're uh-huh. taking a very heroic you know, response to say something like that yeah. because essentially that is what could lead to white supremacy. Well, it's, it's, it's because you know who it taught starts, me this? Because it, it starts with that's weird. Yeah, and yeah. And then it could lead yeah. to like you're wrong, you're yeah. dumb, you're, you know, whatever. You know who taught me this was uh, Frederick Douglass. Read Frederick Douglass's speeches if you're white. I strongly recommend it. He will he will help you understand how you know, we unfortunately the white supremacy term sounds like somebody aggressive with a skinhead and all that stuff. Sure that's does. Not, that's not what Frederick Douglass was talking about. He was not. He was talking about not taking into account him and his experience and people like his experience when you make decisions. That's so, what he's really talking about. And so and it's kind of the standardization of whiteness yeah right? yeah it's it's not contemplating an alternative not position but interpretation or or experience and and you have to watch it and it's not just white people i mean it's everybody all humans have to watch it but i i i wish we could come up maybe this is the place to do it come up with another term for white supremacy because that's what that is it, it really is white it's supremacy. Not. i don't I, it's so. uh, frederick douglas <laughs> go read his speeches you tell me if your scales don't fall from your oh. eyes but but what <laughs> but what should we call it what should we call it is the no, question I, ignorance i, I think ign- ignorance yeah but ignorance ignorance sounds like a cognitive thing like we're dumb and it's not about being dumb it's about not being no aware ignorance it's is a, bliss in a yeah. way where it's just like oh yeah i just don't know these things and so that like you know I, i'm not freaking out about something that i don't know Ignorance is bliss, but it's also it's also the the comfort in ignorance. I think you, you know? have to. You're right. Like you're right. Further, you have to. You have to be. You have to be. This is back to your thing on focus again, too. Mm-hmm. You have to be focused on the fact that you have a point of view and be constantly vigilant that there might be another interpretation, and 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 be checking yourself all the time. Right. And and I I need you know I, for me I need to, I need to look at the, the the don't shit this way pictures to expand my view of the disgusting. world. It's not disgusting. It's it's kind of it's kind of to me it's exciting. To me it's exciting. This is what this is the part I would encourage. Look, we're talking. Last time we were talking about any and positive affirmations and stuff. This is in that same zone, which is be excited to change your point of view. Be be excited to be. If you're ignorant, it's great news. It's really good news. It's awkward. It's uncomfortable, but it's great news. You're going to expand your view of the world. You're going to learn something. And if you've been very adamant about your point of view, think about part of the reason you may... If you have been uh, dogmatic about your point of view, and all of a sudden it's challenged, 
and you push back on that challenge. Let, let's say I ke- kept kept uh, pushing back on this. Like I don't believe it. I don't believe it. That's like called Nadav? that's cognitive dissonance. That's called cognitive like what? Dis- like what? L- like Nadav, you mean? Let's yeah, do. he's just like that. Exactly. What was it's I a, doing? Nothing. You're saying that it's not. Uh, you don't agree. This isn't right. I don't agree that this is white supremacy. Yeah, see, yeah, like that. so, so that's cognitive dissonance, right? Oh, I see. It, it, and you kind of, and instead of being, and really, what you're fighting back against is, I'm ashamed of myself for having been so dogmatic and certain of something that really wasn't right. So just, just check yourself all the time. I'm guilty of it. I'm guilty of it. I, I, I take. I don't know how else to say it more strongly. Just hold on. Just so was don't it white? be hubristic. <laughs> you don't don't have hubris. Don't be certain all the time, and be open to. Uh, other points of view. That's all I'm saying. This is the time for this. I this is the rational revolution, everybody. This is the the core principles. So was it white supremacy for me to say that that wasn't white supremacy? Yes. Fuck you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's one hundred percent, hundred percent. I like the fact that it's been a long. It's been a while since I've told you guys to fuck off too. It's been it's good. Now you're telling me to fuck off. All right, we have a very special clip show plan for you today tell them about it mr announcer yeah so uh i'm trying to not do the voice don't do the voice i don't know why i was doing that Mm -hmm. but um yeah you know today's theme and the clips that we're gonna watch is just kind of uh an update on some of our uh, favorite ymh all stars i've been missing listen you you know those of you that are now watching ymh in the new studio i walk through that gallery and i just want to see all the old stuff i just so badly want to revisit so this is this is a this is a treat for me i hope it is for you what do we got? All right. So our first update is on Tony Johns. Do you remember Tony Johns? I do. All right. Here's the update. Uh-oh. You know what, Kenny? I'm, I'm flaming gay. You were a cover-up this whole time. We are out of here. I'm actually gay, baby. So you know what? On to the next. I'm, I'm going to go on a date with a, with a hot-ass guy tonight because you know what? This whole time, Katie. You were a cover-up, baby. We all out of here. Cover-up, Katie, because I'm gay. <laughs> What's he drinking? Is that like one Mike's of those hard, hard, hard cider? lemonade. Oh, God, that's hysterical. So now he, when we first met him, he came out of jail, right? Wasn't that where he first He uh, sure did. Yeah, and he, was, <laughs> and he was hypersexual and weird and exploitative, and now it turns out just, just oh, a gay dude. Oh, shout out, baby. Salt Lake County, let's go. Woo! We all here. He seems real happy. <laughs> it's the weekend, baby. Let's get it. <laughs> Salt Lake County, baby. <laughs> now he's just gay. Now the question, the <laughs> the question is, is that is the gay a beard for just getting rid of this girl, or was she, Katie actually a beard for his uh, his? Fear of being homosexual. Well, you know, do you I think, think it probably relates to this first. Uh, you video know, that we like had. dead ass though. Like breakups are hard. I think he's breaking up with Katie. Oh no, I to get that. And the way to make him feel like it's not like a no, like is it's it, a her it, fault thing? Is it to make him feel that way, or is it to get rid of her? Like, there's no hope. This, in mm, fact, I think it's like a "I'm not thinking about you" type of message that he's putting out. He's like, "Yo, it doesn't even bother me that you dumped me, because guess what? Oh, she I'm dumped gay. him. She I'm, dumped him. I imagine. Okay, so so right. Uh, it's e- it's either that. It's either Nadab's interpretation, or so we're not. So we none of us believe he's gay. Is that right? Any of us believe he's actually gay? I don't think so. Okay. Nah. So, no, <laughs> so, so like, nah. So, 
Although there is certain, you know, the eyebrows and uh, the the chains well, I'm and flaming gay. That's that's he, honestly what what I was saying. Uh, like at, he's at, very he's very in touch with himself. He's like, groomed. He's carefully groomed. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, and so so we have different votes here. So Annie's saying possibly gay. Possibly gay. Uh, Nadav is saying. Katie, fuck you. Like, it's just a way of right. blowing her off. He's like, I'm not even thinking about it. I'm that. saying it's a way of getting rid of Katie. He's the one breaking up. You're saying she's the one breaking oh, up. Oh, like, you think that's his tactic in breaking up? It's just I, like, hey, I'm gay. Don't even call me. Exactly. So we, I don't think he'd, he'd want I think, unwarranted, like, hey, you want to just, like, I think fuck all or three are possible. I think, and I don't know how we decide amongst them. How do we do this? How do we decide? have to call him. <laughs> <laughs> Either that or I got to make a home call, a visit. Oh Where does he live? Uh, Where Salt he Lake City. Salt Lake City. Mm -hmm. I don't think you want to go there, though. No want to see this guy? No, I, I recommend it. Yeah, has he feeling... been in touch with any of your mom's house world? Does he a know little, that he's scrutinized? A little bit. Like it's, time. The, we've gotten very weird vibes. Yeah. Has he contacted you? Uh, I believe so. I, 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 don't know if he, I don't know if he contacted us directly, but he definitely like sent a message out, and it wasn't a nice message. Mm -hmm. It was a don't stop fucking with him. Sorry, no, it was no. aggressive. Yeah, it was aggressive. it's not good. <laughs> nah. well, why are you putting me in this position then? Okay, um, we're not. All you right. just put your. All you, right, you're so, like, so <laughs> thank you, Tony. We don't want anything to do with you. Uh, we don't know whether you're gay or not. Uh, we wish you the best. Either way, gay's good. Uh, you know, I listen. Gay's a better version of the male. We know that. So congratulations. So here we go. All right, who else we got an update on? Okay. Oh. Um. Yeah, that was. Nice Good morning, Julia. What happened to that guy? Do we know? Well, we don't have an update on him. Do we? Do we have any idea what happened to him? Uh, Did he ever contact I, I, I you? I don't think he got together with Julia. It, it's for some reason Tony, John, and that guy kind of go in the same slot in my memory banks. Hmm. I don't know why. Similar aggressive creepy talking to chick I don't think the good morning Julia guy was as aggressive as Tony Joe but also different, it's different, very different approaches different. yeah different different yeah, yeah different but different. equally as uh, maybe we're <laughs> just sort of I, I would say not just sort of completely off in their relating with women you know what I mean just could not be more off in terms of providing a woman what they want but I, mean, I, but I think that... Tony does get with women I'm not, maybe the other guy Gets less with women? I'm not I've sure. only seen videos of Tony annoying women. Right. <laughs> not actually being with them. That's, that's right. A, that's a fair point. That's right. <laughs> so, like, or is putting guy's... himself in their, you know, vicinity, but not actually getting You don't think them. Tony fucks? I mean, hey, I don't know. He probably fucks dicks. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Or is the, okay. uh, see, Andy's in that camp <laughs> strongly. But as that guy f that was uh, doing the motivational speaking to desperate men last week, uh, he's a beta. He's a beta, just like that a guy beta. said. Oh, yeah. you think uh, Tony is a Tony's beta? Tony's a beta. Oh, that's fucking hilarious because <laughs> of the videos he puts out. I know. <laughs> he would hate to hear that. <laughs> he would not like that. All right. Here we go. Oh, no, do we know what he's in prison for? Uh, DUI, DUI, baby. Mm -hmm. uh, well, okay. There you go. <laughs> All right. You want an update on the next cool, cool guy? Yeah. All right. You remember Kevin Samuels? I don't remember the Maybe name. Maybe when you see him. Okay. A scale from zero on one to ten, you can't oh, yeah. be seven. What would you rate your looks? Oh, yeah. Fresh face out of the shower, your natural hair. A ten. Your face? Yes. A ten. I'm always going to give myself a ten. I'm not going to ever give myself a ten. All right. A 10. So uh, there we go right there, people. That's all you need. Thank you. See all the hearts people losing? See, uh, you, can, you can cap all you want to, but you're, mean, not, you're not an international supermodel. You're not an international, and I'm just trying to ask you. See, up, up until this point, I feel like you have been pretty reasonable. 
But now, if you want to do that, I think we should probably end it because I don't, I don't play those games. You know, he seems reasonable here. I gotta say, it's harsh. He's kind of reasonable in most things. That's not, that's not how any thought you were gonna call this one. Yeah, I, I think it's harsh. I thought you were, you were really not gonna like this. <laughs> no, because he, because I, you know, I, I do believe it's a dose of medicine. No, I, I'm not sure he's the one to do it, and I'm not sure this is okay to do it to this poor girl. But I really believe people need to be real about reality. They need to be do self-assessment. And if they don't like what they see, do the best with it and improve it and do the best you can with it. And same thing with the world. I am very unhappy that the world has been seen through some weird prism for the, the opposite of the rational revolution. That the, the rash, Part of the rational revolution is looking at yourself realistically She's an attractive woman. She might be a 10 for somebody too, by the way. The guys, you can never tell what, you know, guys have their zones. It's the shit they really like. And she could definitely be that for somebody. But for her to say that she's, you know, uh, there's nobody better looking than her. Well, that's just not true. It's just not, it's just false. And there's a lot more to this too. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Does it get bad? I'm doing something for a good reason. Uh-oh. And I'm trying to be helpful. But man. Jesus. You and Rihanna walk into the room, don't nobody confuse you. And who? You're not who? a 10. Rihanna. You're not a 10. Rihanna. You're not a 10. You're not a 10. But, and stop, but stop. And by the way, there's guys out there that don't think Rihanna's attractive, right? Even though right. she is kind of a 10, there are guys that, like, she's not so much my thing. Like, I could see where a guy could go, oh, I'm not really that, I don't know. But that's doesn't, that's objectively doesn't make any difference. She's still a 10. <laughs> that's a different issue. So go ahead. Right, like, oh, that's just not for me. It's not, not what I'm, not my 10, right? He's, he's yeah. talking about universal. He's attraction. talking about assessing yeah. yourself, knowing where you fit on the scale. She's got a lovely Rihanna's smile. Rihanna's beautiful, though, but... Granted, but on a scale from 1 to 10, you can't use 7. What do you rank your face? Okay, I'll give it 8. Okay. I'll give it 8. Okay. You put yourself up there with Beyonce. Beyonce is an 8. Beyonce. Kelly Rowland's a 9. Rihanna's a 10. Beyonce. Hell, that's is him an now. adjustable 6. <laughs> Adjustable. Yeah. <laughs> when was the last time you had a guy with suicide doors rolling up trying to marry you? With suicide? Okay. When was the last? Yeah, the doors that open. They o do they open up out like that, reverse, or do they open up? What's they he talking they about? They open out backwards. It's just the the doors that fancy know, doors. Doors fancy that open doors. up the other way, like 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 uh, um, car doors. We're talking about mm -hmm. okay. okay, like Lamborghini doors. Uh, or, it's called a suicide door. Suicide doors are the ones that go out. Butterflies are the ones that go up. Oh shit. This is not white supremacy. This is ignorance that I'm displaying right now. Sounds so. like white supremacy to well, me. No, no, this is ignorant. I mean, I could tell you as a black man, this is just dumb nigga shit. We just, <laughs> we just like opening doors. Sooner or later, we're going to find the diagonal one. We're going to call that fucking scissors or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. All right, here we go. Like, your ex, your, your child's father, what do you do for a living? He worked for a metro the maintenance supervisor. Maintenance supervisor. So he's a middle class worker, right? Mm hmm. Ma'am, due respect, the, a woman who's eight, nine, or 10, they don't get middle class maintenance supervisors. Sometimes. This is, this is harsh and sad again. <laughs> this is getting back Beautiful to sad. Ma'am, ma'am, ma we're talking about thought. you. Okay. You've been What's here your entire life. Now you're feeling how I figured you'd feel. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sad. Yeah. You, you call yourself an eight? Yes. No. If Sweetie is a six, ma'am, you're not. I think ma'am, ma'am, ma ma you're beneath that number. Mm. You're not above that number. Jesus. 
pretty cool. He is a cool guy. He's a cool guy. How did we first meet him? What was he? What was he talking about? I forget. Uh, more of this type of stuff. Was he talking to somebody else? Yeah. though? there was a there was a, a overweight uh, girl that was on the phone, and yeah, he yeah. was like, he's doing the same thing. Like, okay, tell me why you deserve a ten yeah, out of ten, I, man. She was like, oh, I got you. Got you. It? Yeah, you got it. I'm yeah. five three. How much do you weigh? Oh yeah, here he is. That's none of your business. I told you I was fat. Oh, okay. We don't play that shit on my channel. Oh, now I remember him. Yeah, you yeah, get yeah. Your big fat ass he, he, on somewhere. Oh god. He's actually softened big... up a bunch. He's he's gotten better. Mm. You know, he's still very direct and harsh, the, but not not so. The so... meanness still penetrates just as uh, gruesomely, I think. Because otherwise, people are just getting built up. It's the secret. You just imagine it as so. Eh, it's not really true, but having some of that is good. All right, let's let's see. Um, I, I want to see a couple more All-Stars. I'm not quite done with them. Hey, everybody. Garth Brooks. And Trisha Yearwood. And we're proud to say we, we stand, stand with Ukraine, Ukraine, especially the refugees. Ooh. There's a global initiative, and of course, supplies and aid is already spread thin. And this is where you come in. We need your help. We need you to donate. Yeah, I mean, we, we always ask for love and prayers. Please keep doing that. But we're also going to ask you, dig in your pockets. Be part of the greatest global relief plan mankind has ever seen. Everybody deserves dignity. Everybody deserves a roof over their head to feel safe. You can be a part of that. Yeah, amen. So join us, won't you? Stand up for love. Stand up for mankind. <laughs> Stand, Stand up, up for, for Ukraine. Ukraine. Standing up for Ukraine is a pretty laughing matter to Garth, isn't hey, it? Poor Garth. Did you hear that? He's trying so hard. So join to, us, won't you? Stand up for love. Stand up for mankind. <laughs> Stand, Stand up, up for, for mankind. <laughs> but that's the part that's so creepy. He's so disconnected. I'd have no idea. You could easily say it's a discomfort being in front of a camera, right? That's kind of what it looks like. Dude's in front of a camera all the time. So there's no way that's what it is. If it is, then he needs to get some phobia training. I, I think maybe just like his... Uh... Like his boss on the spaceship that's like coming around the earth, he's coming around. He's just like, "All right, Garth, I got some notes no, for you." No, that's on exactly how to be more like a human. It, that's what it seems like, right? That's so. Uh, oh, it's so weird, right? It's, it, it's uncanny valley shit. It's uncanny Something's valley. Off it's and we're un not did sure. I say that for before about him? Well, yeah, we, oh, we've always talked about uncanny. But I mean, in regards to him, because mm -hmm. this was the most uncanny valley display I've seen him do. He's always been. Kind of this way. He's I, always been uncanny. Yeah, and I've been trying to figure out what it was, but this was Uncanny Valley shit. All right, this is an email I'm going to spend some time working on. Uh, this woman, Jane, sent me an email, um, and it was more, I thought, more pertinent to this show, and it's the kinds of things we talk about here, and it's, it's a big topic, okay? She said, I'm a fan, especially after watching you on H3, so you know I was on H3, H3 with Trisha Paytas and mm -hmm. uh, Ethan Klein. Right. Uh, and the Trash Tuesday podcast, which I've talked to you guys about before. I appreciate your insight. I'm 23. I've been an adult film star since I was 19. This was following going through a rough experience after being human trafficked at 18. Then I made a decision to get into porn right after that. I'm reaching out because I've been depressed. I have really bad anxiety. I've recently found out about something called sex and love addiction. I feel very strongly that is what is wrong with me, particularly the love part. I struggle with self-esteem. Never had a successful relationship. I tend to become obsessive over people. I'm interested in a do idealization, then devaluation, part of that sex addiction thing. I protect myself that way from pain or rejection. I've always been like this. Being in porn also made it more obvious and worse. I'm not sure if you'll personally read this or not. I'm wondering if you have any advice or words for someone in my position. I'm content with my life and job, but I feel like something is always missing. I'm very unsettled and unhappy internally. Okay. So 
Uh, she talks about being human trafficked at 18. I'm going to bet that she had some sexual trauma earlier in life, but if she didn't, okay. But that's typically in this kind of story. And the thing that sexual trauma does is it motivates us to act out again and again. People often, after sexual trauma in childhood, become hypersexual or sometimes hyposexual, where they don't want sex at all, or bipolar. They fluctuate between hypersexuality and low sexuality. The, the interesting thing about trauma, I mentioned before on this show, which is that trauma creates attraction. When somebody traumatizes us when we're young, we tend to be attracted to people like that. No one knows why this occurs, but it's why things recur in our lives over and over again. Now, in your case, you talk about idealizing people. So you take people that, um, for instance, might be, uh, if you were abandoned as a child, that kind of thing, you might take people that are abandoning and think you're seeing something great in them and they're wonderful and they're, I'm in love with them. And then they, of course, oblige you by abandoning. Or you find somebody that you're kind of attracted to and they really are available for a relationship, you will devalue that person in order to sabotage the relationship so you're not exposed to vulnerability. So vulnerability is really what this is all about, right? And being afraid and, and the sort of the love addiction is uh, part of this. You know, women often come to sex addiction through love addiction. And love addiction is essentially, I mean, adolescents go through this. Many of us have been through it at some one time in our, our life uh, at not, but you over-idealize somebody, you get intensely attached to them, and you can't imagine being without them. You have this idealized bond with them. You immediately fall in love with them. You're, you know, sort of completely um, fused with that person and experiencing yourself through them at all times. And of course, that gets to be a little heavy for people, and they often won't hang out for that, and they kind of pull away, and you freak out, you cling harder and they eventually abandon. And now you've reenacted that abandonment cycle again, right? And with the, uh, one way to defend against love addiction is with sex. Uh, unfortunately, you probably are not going to be able to stay with this career if you want to really recover from this, right? It's really hard. It's almost like saying you're a alcoholic and a bartender or an alcoholic and a, a wine, wine salesman have to drink wine all day. You just certain things you can't do in your life um, if you have a certain kind of addiction. You have to remove yourself from those environments in order to heal. In order, Because these are very tender parts of ourselves that are profoundly injured. And what happens to us as a result of that injury is those parts, you've heard me talk about this before in the show, get walled off. They're, they're literally don't have the wiring to connect with that. Though that part of yourself that is walled off and somewhere else and you don't have any direct experience with, you're not feeling it, it's not communicating with you, it still will direct your behavior and help, it will be uncanny in terms of the things that you're sort of uh, attracted to and want to do. And that'll be that part of yourself, again, trying to get some attention through the only means it knows how, which is, again, sort of reenactments. Um, and so really what we have to do is uh, get you to stop the behaviors, right, that are sort of these, these patterns of behavior that are reenactments and acting out behaviors and re-injuring you. We have to stop all of it. And then we have to get in touch with those parts of yourself by there are trauma therapies out there like EMDR, that kind of thing. And ultimately, I, I always think in terms of not just EMDR, but also being able to tolerate the, the frame of closeness with another human. And it is in that closeness 
that you will, like last show we said, last show we said bringing things into the room, things will come into the room of that relating between the two of you and you'll be able to look at them and tolerate them in new ways. And they would not enter your consciousness without that frame of closeness. It's too threatening, it's too intense, and we can't tolerate it by ourselves. And we're actually not wired to be able to do it by ourselves. It's only an interpersonal context when somebody relating with you and creating a safe frame for you can bring it into the the frame, bring it into the room with you and look at it and you start to realize, oh, that's always been there. I see it. Oh, she, my therapist is experiencing it and maybe I can tolerate experiencing it too. That's kind of how that works. Did I explain that in a way that makes sense? I think so. Like, so are you saying that like she should do more therapy and and maybe do a little less, less porn, more therapy, less porn. (laughs) I'm saying much like the alcoholic has to stop drinking, she's going to have to go Cold jerky for a little while. And Cold not, jerky. There you go. Jerky. And not, uh, it's an old love line term. And not do, um, not do the porn so much. And you got to be ready for all this. And, and I, and no one is passing judgment on anything you've done. You've been in survival mode for a long time. And the, I'm sure, uh, the human trafficking in 18 has also left you with PTSD. As you said, you're depressed and anxious, which is normal when you've had this kind of trauma. And then you're re-traumatizing yourself with these relationship problems. And uh, you should have that treated. The, the idea, you know, sometimes recovery is not even possible if you don't deal with some of the mood or anxiety problems and sleep problems that no doubt you're having as well. These are very, very, very complicated issue, but the issues. But there are people that actually specialize in treating this stuff. Um, love addiction is really common. It's sort of in the zone of codependency. There's a great book called Overcoming Love Addiction. Maybe put it up on the screen here, Overcoming Love Addiction by, uh, I think, P. Melody wrote that book. Remember right? Uh, let's see, Overcoming Love Addiction, Facing Love Addiction. I always get it wrong. Facing Love Addiction uh, by Pia Melody. Uh, and it is, you will see there's there are cycles to these things of, as you've noticed, overvaluing and devaluing, being attracted to abandoning people or sabotaging. That's sort of in the love addiction cycle. And then oftentimes people will get so sort of desperate that they'll back on into sex addiction. And in sex addiction, they sort of have control over some of this stuff. And then that becomes a cycle of similar kinds of um, tension and and then uh, trauma, trauma, frankly, on the other side. Hmm. 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 Heavy so you, stuff. So heavy you stuff. think EMDR is the most effective way to get EMDR some of this speeds stuff? things up. Like, EMDR speeds things but up. But why is is that? Because like you're because ta- it's literally like ta- it's, it's the some of it. Stuff, it's, right? it's lateralizing. It's it's getting at your parts of your brain that your brain won't go naturally, and so it's it's all it's like a about cheat way to like tap into some stuff that you didn't exactly. Know you had. It's, it's again gotcha. in the sort of zone of hypnosis, but it's conscious and present, so it's really not hypnosis. And it's it's you know eye movements, tapping, clicking, that kind of stuff. It's it's a way of releasing some of the. Um, I, I think it more in terms of gaining access, and it releases some of those parts of yourself that are walled off. Uh, and we just won't do it by ourselves. We won't e- without EMDR or other kinds of trauma therapies. It, it's it's a long process. It takes a long time. And, and stand up for love. That's right. Just stand up for love. That's what we should do. Just here. trying it out. All right. I think that's what I wanted to say about this. That's enough of my diatribing on it. Did I say everything? Uh, Jane, I hope you do okay. Not uncommon. It's a very common thing. Uh, and you may have some personality stuff in here too. If you remember, I was talking to Trisha Paytas about that stuff. And she was getting something called dialectical behavioral therapy to help her sort of manage some of her quirks as a personality problem she has. And she yeah. talks about it quite openly. I mean, being human trafficked when you're when you were 18 or however young she was it's yeah. like 
Yeah, that'll imprint some damage for yeah, uh, no probably shit. Probably a lifetime. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, it's interesting. Trauma, you know, it, it's like grief in the sense that sometimes it never goes away, but you can live with it and you can be better because of it. It can motivate you to grow in ways that you might not have otherwise. And, um, you know, it's funny. I, I well, I, I sometimes people, um, well, I don't know how to say this without, I, I don't wish any of this trauma on anybody, but but sometimes the trauma makes you find real meaning and be able to help other people in ways you couldn't have had you not been traumatized. That's the way I'd say it. Okay. I but, have a super quick question. Ooh, uh, something. If you are that type where, mm-hmm. uh, you, you know, what what is it, the love... Love addicted, love addicted. I mm-hmm. guess where it's like everything is super crazy, super fast. Mm. Um, codependency then, goes along with that. By the way, I, I was sort of finished. I have to finish that thought, which is mm. codependency, love addiction, bad boundaries. These are all kind of the same. And by the way, none of these things are diagnoses. They're not diagnoses. They are constructs to help people understand some of the things they're experiencing, and also to give us sort of models for how to help them out of it. But go ahead, Danny. Uh, I was just curious. What is your like, would you be afraid or happy or concerned? Um, or in, and what would be your uh, advice to if two of those people found each other and now they are doing that to each other? Because generally the, the concern is you do it to one and the other person's like, what the fuck is going on? Like, this is crazy. This is very Well, intense. healthy people run away, but you it's, it's like two codependency. People. Usually there are bookends or there are two sides of the same coin. There's the addict and the codependent. So the sex addict and the love addict tend to find each other, mm-hmm. right? And that kind of mm. gets the love addict into sex addiction. The drug addict and the codependent find each other. The borderline and the sociopath find each other. There, there are certain things that fit together with humans in terms of attractions and what they like, what fits together. And uh, the love addict usually finds somebody that has, you know, the narcissist, right? To love the narcissist would love that, right? You idealize me, it's me, right? So, but but then so. So my concern or my question is, like, do you run away from that? Is that like, should you run away from a love addict? Like, if well, if I was or if she was, and we found each other, and and now we're like, we it, both are very happy. Yeah, it, it's it, you should enjoy it in the short term. It's not going to end well. Wow, no matter what. I don't know about no matter what. No, I wouldn't say no matter what because you, you're you're the point you're making is actually a good one, which is. You can have love addiction light and sex addiction light and really be good, you know, if it's not too much, if it's not too much stuff going on. But if it's really, if it's bad, I mean, this this email, it's somebody who's really, I think, struggling with this stuff, and it's probably pretty intense. Uh, but if you have modest, because all of us have some of this stuff going on, right? And if it gets to be a problem where the relationship's not working, that's something that therapy would really work for to get the couple together. You'd have, you know, the certain things you're bringing that aren't just big there, but they're, you know, making things not work quite the way they should. And you can re- you can just create a secure attachment between those two people, and a lot of their stuff will settle down. It does work. It does happen. I'm curious, like, would you say would it be crazy? to say that two people that find each other under those types of circumstances or that kind of have those that connection, would you recommend they go to therapy even before it gets bad? Like just as it's good to go to therapy if make sure this is healthy or some shit? Yeah. I mean, they call that premarital counseling. You know, people do that. Oh. I, because, because here's where my head's at with this. I really believe, remember I showed you guys a few weeks ago the triangle, the triad, triangular right. theory of love and stuff. Well, remember I said passion was a big part of that? 
Well, passion is involved in all this stuff we're talking about when it's right. mild, you know, when it's just a bit. That's um, where passion comes from. Passion is sort of the not healthy parts of ourselves attracted to each other. It kind of is. Right. Uh, but when those are big and associated with real trauma, it doesn't work. It tends not to work. It, it, it unravels. But mm. if it's mild and the relationship is working and they're both people are willing to work on the relationship and they're committed, it works. It works. So it, it and I, I know, I just see, I can see how for an average person, what I'm saying could be kind of confusing because they, well, how much does he mean, and how much should I? Ha if you have, if you have real trauma, I mean, if you, if you've had sexual abuse, that's an easy one. Uh, you need to get therapy by yourself. You need that. You need to get reintegrated because that sexual abuse will dis, will disintegrate parts of you in almost all cases. Not, not 100, but it's very hard to get through that as a child without leaving an imprint on the body. As, as Vessel van der Kolp says, the body keeps the score. It, it leaves a thing on your body that can be treated, can be treated. But let's say you were neglected. Uh, well, okay, people get through that. Or let's say you were physically abused a little bit. Eh, people get through that and don't have to have long-term consequence. Uh, somebody picks up an object and hits you where you think like you could get killed. Now you're into a zone where you need treatment. Uh, if the neglect was so bad that you couldn't feed yourself and you didn't, you know, when, when you, when you, when you wonder if you're going to go on surviving, when the child has those kinds of possibilities in their high, in their mind, that's when they shatter. And that's when things get tough. That's when that Man. stuff needs to be treated. Okay. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. I'm, have I brought this show down? No, this, I think this all. has been a very chipper, cheery episode. <laughs> been very interesting. I hope you guys are interested in this. I got lots more stuff to get into. We'll do it next week. We got. We didn't finish the All Star clips. Am I going to do more All Star clips next time? Is that possible? Can I can I finish them next time? Uh, we'll figure it out. Because uh, I want to see Unc shine. I want to see what happened to him. Can we do it? Yeah, possibly. All right. All right. I, I don't know what he's talking about, but but I I'm very he, he, meant, he meant right now. I think right. I did mean right yeah, now, but he's right he, he clearly. Oh, the, I thought you meant for next. Yeah, well, I, I did mean I'll take you either, even now Which or next time. What do you time. mean? Because we said opposite he means things. Right now. <laughs> I mean, I meant right now. First, I said next time, and then I said, "Well, what about right now?" Because you kind of dismissed me on next time, and I was like, "God damn it, I want to see yeah, Unchained." I'll show you an Unchained video. All right, one, one of these. All right, I got some for somebody. Oh yeah, <laughs> but I'm Chinese. <laughs> yeah, I'm Ching Ching. Oh no, that's my baby. Yeah, yeah. I'm in love with the hey. <laughs> Yeah, girl, I'm in love with your ass. Yeah, ching, ching. Them Chinamen. Yeah. Them Vietnamese. Whatever. So that's what Unk shines up to. Oh, Unk. He, he's getting a little bit towards uh, King and Queens above 18 because he's like building you all up. He just does it in very I bizarre think, ways. I think he's his own lane. He is, <laughs> he is his own lane. There's no doubt about that. But he's in a very uh, well-kept environment. Maybe he's not cool anymore. I think Tom's... Uh, he's cool. He's cool, dude. Is he? He's, do you know what I'm saying, though? I'm trying to cool as shit, dude. Very but cool. you see he's got a he's got a clean kitchen. Is somebody taking care of him? Mm -hmm. Do we know anything about where he lives and who he lives with? Yeah. You can't tell me? He's got some help. He uh, has help. Okay. So help because, like, assigned by the state because he needs help? Yes. Okay. Well, yeah. they're doing it. They're helping him. That's Super good. Super fun episode. I like All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. 818-253-1693 and drfdark.gmail.com. We'll see you next time. 
All conversations and information exchanged during participation of the Dr. Drew After Dark podcast or interaction on the drdrew.com website is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. Do not confuse this with treatment or physician medical advice or direction per se. You must always follow your medical professional's advice and direction. Nothing on these podcasts or posted on this site supplements or supersedes the relationship and direction of your medical caretakers. Please understand, I am not playing the role of physician in this environment per se. I'm educating. I am a licensed physician with specialty boards in American Board of Internal Medicine and American Board of Addiction Medicine.